When a sales manager is in a position that they can wake up every day and they're armed with quality appointments from the digital sales process, it allows them, you know, to, to really focus on their sales team and um, training and and making sure that it's all about the exceptional customer experience when they walk that front door. We're going to do our best to get new thinking out there. There's going to be discussions centered around growth and new thinking. That's where those great ideas come from, exploring them together. Nuggets that you can go back and put into your dealership that'll help you make more money. This is GarageCast. Welcome to GarageCast, episode number 88. Tony Gonzalez. I'm coming to you from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I have Sam Dantzler on the line with me. Do you know what I did last week? No telling. I could guess. Something you cool. Donate some time at the Girl Scouts of America. What if I did? What's wrong with that? No, that's I, actually it's, it's a good great, thing, dude. That's you great. should try it's, it. I don't know about philanthropy and Tony Gonzalez. I don't know that those go together, but you know, let me know. I know what, Girl Scouts do? fits your... Uh, it's, oh, uh, never mind. I'm not going there. Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Damn right. Hey, I was in... Casper, Wyoming. Casper, Wyoming. Oh, man, the big city. Had a had a 20 club there. Went and visited Casper Mountain Motorsports. Kennel Croker's the owner there. Had a really good time. It was good to get out. It was good to get into a different place. I took a set of a plane up there. I took a nice long four-hour drive, listened to some podcasts, but it was good. That was my start of 20 clubs. And uh, you know, you and I were talking. We're gonna be going through basically November, but it was it was good to get out, good to get around the dealers, you know funny thing is dude is you know we centered one of our you know state of the industry we centered a lot of it around um, talking about our digital traffic log and this kind of seamlessly leads right into our guest today who we're super pumped to have you know on the show today we have a gentleman by the name of Aaron Barney and I'm not going to get too deep into your background Aaron I'd love for you to kind of intro yourself before we kind of go through this happy to be here good to hear your voice Aaron Aaron and I go way back and we're going to let him do his own intro but I, I let me just frame out this podcast and kind of where we're going and why Aaron's on here for the past year, probably year and a half, ever since COVID, ever since so much of that digital journey started to go online, I was really interested in the online experience and kind of the missing pieces, if you will, of a customer's experience or sales process online. And I think it's gotten very transactional in the last year and a half. And I think that's going to be a sad story for when this inventory right sizes for a whole lot of dealers out there. So I think that journey is really, really important in the digital space. And so Aaron Barney is a partner and CEO or COO of Digital Lead Performance. We've talked about him in our 20 clubs. We've had a massive amount of interest towards what they do. And we said, you know what? Let's get Aaron on the horn. So without further ado, Aaron Barney. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, excited to be here with you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, for me, you know, a little background on myself is it, it, for me, it really started about 18 years ago. When I joined Scott Fisher's organization, I know you. He's he's joined you on uh, some previous podcasts, but he had an original power sports store, West West Coast Motorsports. We were a multi line dealer, so that is when my passion for the industry uh, really began. I was 18 years old, guys, and I I know we share this story. Uh, a lot of us share the same story, but it was because I wanted discounts on on parts of my dirt bike. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it all began there. But, you know, I, I had a lot to learn, you know, at that point. And, um, you know, a little more history there. It was my pleasure meeting both you, Sam and Tony back. It was actually had to think about this 2003. It was the Lemco Sales Manager Academy. So pretty, oh, yeah. uh, but I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, and, but during my 14 years, uh, helping to really operate Scott Fisher's Power Sports and uh, Harley Davidson dealerships, you know, we focused on the traffic log, data, uh, performance metrics, of course. And you know, one thing I learned from Scott, and he always says, is always track your data, and you know, really let that data um, lead you. It really, other than the health of our organization, nothing was really more important than managing that traffic log operationally. So anyhow, you know, if you fast forward, uh, 2016, I was the GSM at one of our uh, Harley dealerships here in Fort Myers, Florida. And there were some things that were happening. There was a lot happening, but, you know, floor traffic was becoming more challenging and and at at all of our dealerships uh, that that Scott um, had. And a, a trend really stuck out to me. Floor traffic was down. Yet um, the opportunity was was to drive sales through the digital doorway, and you know I'd say at that point it was it was obviously obvious that there was a greater upswing there than ever you know ever before. So uh, one thing I, I realized in going back to data is we had no data around ROI from digital marketing. Leads were coming in, and the opportunity. For, for driving more leads, it was possible and, and, and obviously driving more sales, but you know, we, we, we had to drive more sales to the digital and we also needed to understand the metrics and um, probably most importantly, the possibilities. Cause we, we just didn't really know what the possibilities were. So, but a big, a big part of my why behind this whole thing was really because of what originally fueled my passion the first day on the job. And that was being able to impact the emotional journey. And that was always a core purpose of ours, you know, making people's lives better. And I think I think you guys would agree and anybody that's listening that's in this industry, but when a customer rings that bell and it doesn't happen every time. Hold on, they hold on. The- that's such commonplace in your dealership. What does it mean to ring the bell for some of our listeners? You know, to ring that bell when somebody makes that purchase and they've gone through that emotional journey and now it's time to celebrate that purchase most dealerships will have a bell and they'll ring that bell make a big announcement and celebrate that purchase with the customer when the customer is is in that part of the process and they're ringing that bell and tears are rolling down their face and again it, do, it doesn't happen every time but we, we've all seen it it is truly what has kept me in the business all these years the emotional journey and the customer experience starting online is, as we talk about, uh, it's not at the front door of the dealership. And, and it made me want to impact the experience. So we, at, we got it dialed in in our dealerships. We changed the way we, that we, did, we did business at all of our, our, our dealerships. And I and, uh, helped really create and drive that process. Um, it, it became clear to me that this was the missing piece of the puzzle for all dealerships. And that, that's really when my vision went to the next level. I started to really build out a plan, 
process and people and how we could affect the industry. And I always say it one, you know, one lead at a time. But uh, at the same time, you know, Scott Fisher had an exit strategy. And uh, so I, I presented my plan to him and we sat down, we looked at it and, you know, look, one, one thing led to the next. I, I love that. I love to hear from Aaron that it was, you know, one thing led to a next and Scott had an exit strategy and right. Cause you hear from Scott Fisher or actually John Green's the guy who said, you know, we were shutting down the stores, a little bit of self-preservation that Aaron decided we could take this thing nationally or he'd be out of a job pretty soon. So that's great. <laughs> hey, you know, you, you, you gotta be thinking to the next step. <laughs> tomato, tomato, buddy. I totally yeah. understand. And I would agree with you. I think everybody listening would that the emotional journey that so many customers are on, particularly when they're in the store, the day of the purchase is lost in the beginning stages now because it happens in a digital space. And again, like I mentioned before, very transactional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron, you know, Sam and I released our digital traffic log on our composite in January, 2021. We put it at the very top of our composite above our traffic log, which would make Ed Lemko roll in his grave, but again, <laughs> didn't have to face the digital stuff. You know, we reached out to you and your organization several times to really get an idea of what we should be tracking. We bounced it off our dealer. So with that said, you know, it is GC and DLP both see a giant opportunity with customers online experience, which has been put on steroids due to COVID, Aaron. And, you know, we're big believers in this. We reached out to your organization to kind of get an idea about our digital traffic log and whatnot. In your own words, where's the headroom here? This is really even before COVID, you know, we, we at DLP were already working with several dealers um, prior, prior to COVID. And, and it was clear, that obviously, that the trend already started. But n- no doubt, Tony, uh, COVID has definitely completely changed the landscape. Um, and it, but it's forced us, everyone, to accept the, the change. And before, you know, I think it wasn't um, as clear that we had to accept this, this change in, in the landscape. But, you know, we, we have to offer the best online customer experience to get through this and to continue to, to, to grow. And I, I said this uh, before COVID and I'll say it today. I think this is an important line I share all the time. If we do not change the way that we do business, people will change who they do business with. Before, I want to mention before, we used to focus on event, a lot of events and floor traffic generating activities. And I'm not saying those things aren't important. I mean, you still have to do those things. And we, we are selling a lifestyle, but digital, and this is, this is my true belief, digital is the number one floor traffic generating opportunity right now. The digital doorway, and I said it before, is where it all starts now way different than 10 years ago. And something that's really interesting, and we see this over and over again with, with, our, with our dealer partners, is, is that it's not just a new customer. It's not just a new lead. Um, we're seeing all of dealers previously sold customers. They're shopping the same way. And they already, you know, they already know you. They already know the dealership, yet they also start through the digital doorway. So you know, as far as it, when it comes to headroom, digital marketing, you know, why? Well, you, you got to be present. You, you've got to make the online shopper aware that you exist. And when someone's shopping, they're looking online, they're visiting websites, many websites of all dealerships in the area now, even in nationwide. So, you know, I think what they're looking at is they're looking at selection, prices, um, definitely ease of gathering information. But as a customer, you know, speaking for myself, I'm not just going to go to uh, Google and decide where to buy for a shot. You know, I, I'm going to dig deep. You know, I'm going to research. I'm, eventually, I'm going to send in um, some inquiries or leads on, on several websites. 
Um, so it, it does have to be about getting more leads without a doubt. And, you know, your marketing budgets, your, your inventory selection, pricing, just to list a few, you know, website design, uh, selection of uh, lead generating sources. They're, they're all part of this component. Um, and so we can't forget that. But the goal is to get a lead, get the, the customer's information so that the sales process can, you know, can spark beyond volume of leads. And I want to mention credit apps because online credit apps is a is a lead source. I talk a lot about that with our dealers. But by the way, a lot of dealers, they have no idea how many leads they're actually getting each month. So there, there's a lot of opportunity in having data, what lead sources you have and tracking how each lead source performs in, in the digital sales process. And so little little information here about DLP over the past two and a half years. We have collected data on over 110,000 digital leads that we've assisted with our dealers. It's, this is a kind of a cool fact, or we, we, we talk about this internally, but the average dealer receives 1,500 leads per year. And when I, you know, we have some that are money much less, and we have some that drive much greater, but as an average, um, that is almost 75 years, guys. Of lead data that we're that we're able to kind of help our dealers with making decisions on you know what are the best lead sources and how they perform. But um, for Aaron, dealers, Aaron, out there, let, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I just wanted to clarify that number. You said the average dealer is seeing 1,500 leads per year. Your definition of a lead uh, is it once they actually reach out to the dealership, or once the dealership responds, or can you can you give us clarity on your definition of a lead? Yeah, the definition of a lead for us is a digital lead form. So it's a click and a lead form that's been filled out, and that can come from multiple different types of sources. Okay, so it's not that uh, you know the manufacturer pushed this name. Well, let me let me clarify that because if the manufacturer pushed my name to you, that means I clicked a link. But if you retargeted me bouncing around line and you push an ad in front of my face, that's not a lead until I click it and engage with you. Correct. Yeah, that's that. Thanks for clarifying that, Sam. Because you're right. A digital lead is somebody that raised their hand and said, "Here's my information, and what happens next?" What I heard you say so far, when Tony said, "Where's the headroom?" I heard most dealers don't know the number of leads they're getting, and necessarily they don't know the performance of the leads. Is that correct? Yeah, th- those those are two big ones. And, and I, I want to mention a couple more comments around the how lead sources perform. And it, it's it's really important to break your leads down by source and know the data of not only just the volume of each lead, but how each lead source performs to an appointment, a kept appointment or shown appointment and sold conversion. And, you know, for us, and I'll just share this with everybody, we, we see trade, trade sources, you know, like trade cycle or easy shop by payment sources, like um, true payments, ride it now lead source. They yield some of the highest results in regards to volume and performance beyond just you know a website or credit app chat services also very very successful a few chat services connect also goobagoo um you know chat services are are i'm going to talk a lot about follow-up here in a second because when typically you're dealing with an ai tool an artificial intelligent tool that's chatting with you online as a customer and 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 customers like that because it's 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 non-threatening and it's very easy again ease of access of information that's what they're looking for but when it gets escalated to hey we're going to have somebody from the dealership contact you those those chat services perform very well 
when the process is that they're going to be followed up with immediately. Um, so we, we track that data for our dealers and, and we report that and that data can be very valuable. But headroom, the highest level of headroom is the sales process. And this is where dealers, you know, pay, pay the least attention. And I get passionate here and I have to be honest, but dealers, sales teams, they cherry pick leads. And quite frankly, no, don't you dare. I I know I got to go there, right? They They talk to every single customer that they encounter, (laughs) including the parts counter and the service drive. I don't buy it. There's, there's just horrible follow-up processes guys. And, you know, Obviously, the the obvious key here is convert more leads into sales. But but it 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 doesn't happen by selling something online. It happens by impacting the the customer experience and in components of that fast response yeah. times. You know, qu- quality of follow up. What's the what's the follow up like? And, and most importantly, this is the most important one. And is is long term follow up. I mean, build the relationship. Don't stop following up, uh, guys. I see this over and over again. Dealers want more leads. I want more leads. There's all these vendors out there that are, you know, but dealers want more leads. They continue to invest in digital marketing, yet the focus on follow-up and experience, I mean, it's it's far from acceptable. Before we invest in more leads, fix the fact that we're yeah. wasting these opportunities due to, you know, poor sales process. And, and this is why you have unmoded sales, sales team and an untrained staff. Yeah, and 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 to and to your point, you, you you hit it on the head. There is is that dealers keep investing, yet they don't even look at the gold mine that's in front of them. So the so where the yeah. headroom is, what I'm hearing you say, the first two I got was number one is they're not tracking all the leads, and and we agreed with that. That's why we were like, we we have to have a digital traffic log on our composite because you have to know how many total leads you're getting. The next thing I heard you say is then you got to understand the performance of those, which is it's not just about getting the lead; it's about fostering it growing it, continuing to to uh, to communicate with that customer digitally. And then what's the third thing that dealers are missing, you think? It, it, it's it's the sales process. You know, look, I mean, with, with COVID, we know and, and we know we talked about how COVID, you know, has really affected this landscape, but we know that staffing has, has just become even more of an issue. Yeah. And, and I think on the heels of that sales process, you know, you're talking about engaging in the digital front door. You call it the digital doorway. Uh, I, I always think about if I opened your physical front door as a customer, how long would you leave me standing there? And then if I opened <laughs> yeah. your digital front door, how long would you leave me standing there? And the and the answer between the delta between those two is just unbelievable. And it's look, yeah. this goes to this goes to omnichannel, right? That's all the mm-hmm. buzz these days. Basically, omnichannel is a fancy way of saying blended retail. It's allowing the customer to shop any way he or she wants to. But th- this this whole first step that we were just talking about is to be found by the customer. And once found and, and clicked, now that we got that definition out there, now there's a record of that. But you mentioned that most dealers don't even know how many leads they're getting. So why is that the case that they, they spend all this money on lead generation through digital marketing and they don't even know how many leads they're getting? What, what are your thoughts there, Aaron? Dealers are challenged in getting sales staff to even get the person on the showroom in the traffic log, you know, let alone managing what we, what we also call the digital traffic log. You know, how important is that digital traffic log? I mean, as as a, a dealer's CRM is their traffic log. And, and, you know, dealers, again, they're just not focused enough on incoming leads and sales process. And in, in, in defense of dealers, in many cases, their CRM 
doesn't support it or provide accurate data. And, and it is what it is. But you know, we we have our DLP digital dashboard technology that accurately tracks um, data, and and it, it just it has to be important to them. It, it has to be managed daily, monthly. Uh, and it just has to be tracked. And I have to say this, and uh, Sam, you know, uh, you you hear me say it a lot. But as, as Ed Lumpko always says, I mean, you, you just gotta wanna. I mean, you gotta wanna. You gotta wanna believe in this and and be focused on it. In most cases, what we're everything we're talking about, it's the sales manager who who's accountable here. And if they're struggling, guys, if they're struggling with floor traffic log, how can they be great at managing the incoming digital leads log? Great point. Great point. Yeah. So, Aaron, you know, the second step in this process is to engage the customer as we would on the showroom floor. And, and to Sam's point, it's so funny, man. How long would you let a customer just stand at your door that they just walked in, right, before engaging? So, on the digital side, how can customers be digitally engaged without feeling like a just an immediate transaction? Mm, so important. I mean, it, it goes back to what I what I shared around really my my purpose in this whole deal is it's about understanding the emotional journey. You know, we we have to remember it, it has taken a lot of emotion for the person to click and fill out that lead form, J- just like the person that just walked in your showroom. So you know, they filled out a form, and now, now they're waiting on a response. But but what it, the expectation is that there's maybe not even a response at all. Certainly not at least quickly. Um, and then, of course, what do they expect? They expect someone to call and try to sell them something. <laughs> I mean, and that's yeah. in, that's in any industry. I mean, or any anything you're shopping for. But but the reality is, is that's not what they want. You know, they there is a lot of emotion there that I just talked about. And you know, too too many times we respond to a lead as a transaction. You know, responding to a lead, um, trying to sell them something. Responding to a lead is about making a friend. It's about building a relationship. And this is just another reason, guys, why handing a salesperson a lead, think about all the things that salesperson's doing and they're busy and there's all this thing, all these things happen inside the dealership. So, you know, when we hand a salesperson a lead, it's the worst thing you can do. A salesperson wants to sell a unit now. You know, they don't, they're not interested in next week or next month. And, and certainly most, six months from now. Now, now I can't say that about all salespeople. I mean, there's a lot of good, uh, a lot of good staff nationwide inside these dealerships, but it does take a different type of person to cultivate the relationship. I mean, it's a earning the trust and earning the right to get that person into the dealership is the key. So I was just on a webinar last week and I, I was talking about this, but this is not about e-com. It is, it, it is, it, it, it's not about asking for the sale. It's about two things, winning the relationship and winning the appointment. And that's what the focus needs to be. What you just said resonates with me because it's funny. I, I, I'm in the, in the market of looking for a car right now and I've been sending emails to Sam, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm yeah, no, actually I'm, I'm here to tell you fantastic process. Fantastic. Like Good. there there has been no negative whatsoever. And I I was so impressed with what I could do digitally and how the digital process was shaking out with two different car dealerships that I just started forwarding all the emails and communications I was getting to Sam going, look at this. And we were just like, we were both just like, why in the hell can they not do this on our side of life? Why can the motorcycle and marine industry, why can't they do this? Right. And make it what, so Tony, what is this? Because you and I This the- is is exactly what Aaron said, which is outward communicate in earnest. And, and it wasn't, it was not, it, it was always asking, is it okay if we text you, you know, press yes here or, or say no. It was emails. And 
to your point, Aaron, it was consistently about the appointment and getting inside the dealership. And I think a lot of dealers, you you hit it on the head. This is not about e-commerce and selling the bike and delivering it to a house. It is actually a, a really quality experience digitally and getting me to come into your store. So yeah, really good points. You, you mentioned winning the relationship and winning the appointment, Aaron. And so it's you got you got my wheel spin. You got my hamster running right now. So let me <laughs> give me a second to frame this question out. Um, we just we we at Garage Composites just did a three day boot camp for Polaris and had I don't know forty people on the service side of the fence and forty people on the sales and F and I side. And John Green was uh you know John was on our podcast a few weeks ago. And we've got him yeah. back on the GC team and it's exciting. And, it really is exciting. And part of what I was presenting was the nine-step in-store sales process. And then a year and a half ago, we came out with the digital sales process right in the heart of COVID when you couldn't go to a store. And I think that's really important to clarify. When you could not go to a store and you had to go soup to nuts um, digitally, right? That was what that sales process was. And they, they look a little different. And so I started thinking about the journey that I've personally been on as far as trying to collect data and really ex- and understand this digital experience that people are going through. And uh, the first step in all this is to be found, you know, right? And I got to click your link and start a conversation with you. And the next step, as Tony was asking you about, is to be cultivated or romanced if you were talking about a relationship and earning trust. And then you talked about winning the appointment. And, and that gets us into this, this handoff to the store because we know, we now know that 90% of these major transactions are still happening inside of the store. That's right. So in, in presenting this to Polaris, we really had to rethink it is a blend. If it all starts online and 90% of it ends up in the store, it's not an in-store sales process and it's not a digital sales process. It's a blend of the two. So we're really rethinking our position on that as well. But my question to you is the timing of when it gets to the doorfront. You, old school way is get the appointment, get the appointment, get them in right away. You know, as soon as you first contact, as soon as we can get them in. But some people who are shopping online, they're doing it out of control. They want to control the process as opposed to inside of the store where you are in control of the process. So my question to you is, when is the, or is there a hard and fast answer to, you want to immediately get them in as fast as you can, or you want to allow the customer to go digitally for as long as they want and then come in to take delivery? Is there an answer to that question? There's no hard, fast answer there. I, I think that I think the truth is, and uh, we we always want to think as as uh, as a dealer that we're in control, but we 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 never are ultimately in full control of when or if the the customer comes in. And I think we kind of have to admit that that part of it. But what we what we are in control of is influencing the timeline, and we influence that timeline by, by building a relationship. Um, and we earn that right to, like I said, an appointment. Um, but it, it, the, the quality of follow-up, it, and I talked a little about that earlier, in, in t- call, text, and email. By the way, follow-up, to, to kind of to your point there, Sam, follow-up with, with, with your customers the way they want to be followed up with. T- text is number one, um, perf- the preferred way of communication. And we've got a lot of, lot of data on that. But, you know, cu- customers who interact with – or you know, customers want to interact on their phones, and and they're they're the texting being the preferred method. You know, most people actually ninety percent open a text within three minutes, and that's compared with twenty percent of people who ever even open an email. Is te- text text uh, the data here is texts have a response rate of forty five percent compared to email six percent. So you know, the form the the way you communicate can influence that timeline as well. But if we keep following up, 
um, Sam and Tony with compelling conversations, educating them, sharing stories. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, if, if we – again, if we influence the timeline with the goal of driving them into the showroom, but we, we don't – we don't want it to feel like that. I mean, that's our goal. But it, it, it in in most cases, if we do a good job there, they're coming in for that test ride. They're excited to see their options. They feel that they're in control. And one key point there is, and I talked about the lack of the sales process in this area, is that you know if you're a dealer and you're focused on all these best practices, imagine the difference in experience from the competitor. Because we're talking about how these things aren't happening. Mm-hmm. So a way, a way to think about this and a question to ask is, how are you building the relationship and winning that appointment versus the dealer down the road? And in, in almost every case, you know, the sale is not happening digitally. It, it, the, actual, the, the actual transaction uh, that, that actually happens and, and that needs to happen is selling the appointment or earning the appointment. And when, when we gather all this information, the customers, you know, coming in, they're excited, feeling in, in control, and in in what's 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 awesome about it is we're accelerating the sales process. And you're right, Sam. It's not one or the other. They blend together, and sometimes sometimes it can happen the same day. You know, a new lead comes in, which is that digital form, and we follow up, and and they'll come in the same day. And and those are the easy ones. <laughs> Gotta love the easy ones, but but going back to the headroom, that's what dealers are, most dealers are getting. They're getting those easy ones, but yeah. in most cases, and we see this day in and day out, it can take days, weeks, and even months. And I I can't tell you how many times one of our agents I talk about ringing the bell. Well, we've got a bell here at our at our at our office, and we got over you know, seventy agents in here, and and uh, it's, you know really exciting atmosphere. But we have a bell on the wall. And when a dealer makes a sale, we, we ring the bell as well. And in too many times, I shouldn't say too many, it's, it's we celebrate it, but so many times we have a, an appointment set, kept, and we've assisted a dealer in a sale from a lead that was over six months old. And, and guys, that's, that's just not the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. So to, to, the, to the question, there's really no hard answer there, but focus on how you influence that timeline. One of the things I think there's a major misconception out there with at least the dealers that we've talked to was at DLP, you talk about being an extension of the dealer's current sales team. That's a really big term that I think people need to listen to because how is it different from an outsourced BDC? Because you guys pride yourselves on being extremely different. An outsourced BDC is much more like a call center, you know, and they they grind the phones and they set appointments and, and really in hopes that, you know, an appointment will come in and, and the cards typically fall where they fall. Um, it's still normally under management um, and, and accountability of, of a sales manager in the store. And, um, and from, from, from what I see, a, a typical outsourced BDC um, can, can cause more pains, pains than gains, but, and they're, and they're not part of the culture and they don't know what happens inside the dealership. You know, I shared, we, we were dealers, we we're dealers for many years. So we, 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 um, we understand that culture, we understand that emotional journey, um, but we provide our dealers with an entire team. Um, a dealer is assigned what we call a performance manager, and they work directly with eight to ten agents, and they directly communicate, guys, you know, with the sales management team daily. Um, you know, it goes on and on from there, guys. When we do yeah. monthly dealer success calls with dealers, and it's th- this is the thing: it's it's one team, one score, and and once we have that trust and alignment with the dealer. 
and we're one team, one score, the dealer wins and, and we win. Well, I'll tell you, just from my vantage point, what you guys do is not only do you speak the language and you've got a you've got an owner in Scott Fisher that's a total boat marine nut as well. So you guys oh, yeah. all talk the same language, um, but you're all exposed to the same best practices. So it really is in alignment with the store. My takeaway is that whether people use you or use anybody, their own internal sales team or an external BDC or whatever, those two pieces have to be in alignment, right? We have to be dialed in on the same vocabulary. And to your point earlier, this digital extension of the sales team needs to be focused on winning the relationship and winning the appointment. As you said earlier, I love that. Not winning the sale. And that's, that's right. I think we jump the gun when we have frontline in the store salespeople doing the lead follow-up because they're trying to get the sale, get the sale. So um, yeah, you're exactly let, right. Well, and let me ask you, this was a follow-up I had to my earlier question. I just didn't get it in. I, I 90% of these sales are still happening on the store level, right? So that handoff, now we're going to go from a digital landscape into the store. And anyone who's ever gone through an exercise where you tell some, you know, you call into a call center for Verizon or whatever, and you state your problem, they say, oh, you need Cindy in this department. I get Cindy on the phone. She has no idea of the 20-minute discussion I just had with, with Bill on the other end, right? And so I have to repeat the whole thing again. I, I could see that failing epically if there's not a constant flow of communication and, and really, what does that look like when the customer comes to the store in the perfect scenario? What does that handoff look like at the store level? So we actually, we actually call the handoff the pivot, handoff, pivot, you know, same thing there. But whether you're using a team inside the store or you're outsourcing a BDC or you're working with, with us here at DLP, you know, and this is even for, you know, sales salesperson appointments. I mean, you got your traffic log there, your CRM, and you've got appointments listed for the day. My answer kind of the answers for all, for all those scenarios is, um, you know, CRM, leverage your CRM. It's your traffic log. I came from the days when you had a paper traffic log on a podium and all the notes were written down and you'd, you'd, you'd wake up the next day and you'd thumb through there and look at your notes and you, you know, you'd, you try to be the best at, at being ready for that next appointment, um, from your follow-up. But the, you know, the dealer, our dealers, they start every day with a daily report and, and, and a dealer can do this internally as well. But the, the report should match the CRM when it comes to appointments set. And so if we set an appointment during the day, uh, that's, 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 you know, they're get, that's on the report, but if there's a new appointment for the day, that's communicated in real time. That goes back to communication. We always arm the dealer with the communication so they can be what we call retail ready for the appointment. And so we, we, some of the things we do, like we make sure, Hey, make sure every appointment's confirmed. And we, we have your eyes in the CRM making sure that, you know, the customer does arrive because if they're not arriving and they're not on time, it's let's call them and make sure they're okay. You know, um, but a lot, a lot of work is done prior to this, this customer showing up and walking through the front door. It's important that we have a lot of notes and communication uh, in the CRM. It is paramount that a dealer has read our notes, you know, and is retail ready for, for the appointment because the story is written, the storyline's written. And this means, you know, a salesperson should be assigned to that set appointment. The unit, is it out front? We recommend make sure that unit's out front. Have a secondary option, maybe like a, like a new unit next to, to, to the one that they're actually coming in, you know, if, if, if that's an option. Um, is it clean? <laughs> Is it charged? Is it is it ready to show show the customer? 
this, this is actually the exciting part is it's an, it really is an awesome opportunity that we can actually be ready for a customer. Because we don't have that advantage with a walk-in. I mean, we do. We work hard to make our showroom clean and look nice, and our bikes are wiped down. Um, but a couple, you know, these are basics. I mean, the customer's name should be on the unit. Ho- hopefully, the dealer has a digital screen or a sandwich board that you know has the dealer's daily appointments with the customer's name on them. It's it's important that the the internal team is tuned in on who, who's coming, when are they coming, why are they coming. They, let's face it, they want to feel special. They they yeah. went through this. They they went through the entry point of digital because they want to save time, and, and they just you know, look. They want to move through the sales process smoothly. So, it's it's um you know it's it is about communication. But yeah. when a sales manager is in a position that they can wake up every day and they're armed with quality appointments from the digital sales process, it yeah. allows them you know to to really focus on their sales team. And um, training and, and making sure that it, it's all about the exceptional customer experience when they walk that front door. I, I love that explanation. So so let's give the dealers out there listening to this who might be interested. Let's give them some some numbers they can sink their teeth teeth into, uh, which starts with your case studies. Let's go to some data. Let's compare the metrics of when you initially do a case study of dealerships versus hitting your benchmarks at DLP how they're different from the KPIs in the digital landscape. Walk us through those. When we do a case study and we go through the average, the average metrics, and I share these metrics a little bit, you know, on our conversations today is it is about understanding how many leads get to a set appointment and how many of those that are set actually show up. And then how many show up actually convert to a sale. And, and then of course, overall, we're looking at, you know, all, all overall ultimate conversion rate from how many leads turned into a sale. But mm-hmm. when we do a case study with a dealer, we see an average. Okay. Again, average 20% of leads convert to an appointment. We <laughs> talk about headroom. Uh, out of those that are, are, are set, 50% of those will actually show up. And out of those that actually show up inside the dealership, 25% of those uh, will actually buy. And, and it's about an average, guys, of about 3 to 4% conversion rate. So let, let's go through those. So 20% set an appointment, 50% keep the appointment, 25% of those actually buy a unit. Okay, got that. <laughs> yep. So now let me compare that to... Our, the, the, what I'm going to tell you here, these are DLP average results, which is which is our benchmark um, for we we really feel this is the benchmark for the industry, yeah. and that is that 40% of your digital leads, and that's overall okay overall 40% should set an appointment. All right, so that's and, double already. We're double the yeah, case study. Yep, we're, we're doubling it. And and that's that's actually the most important part because remember we talked about cherry picking leads, yeah. <laughs> so, so sometimes we see a, a kept rate really high in a case study, but this it goes back to it's just like greets, <laughs> get more greets on the traffic log, get more of your leads to convert to a set appointment. So forty percent, hundred percent increase, good. Yep, seventy uh, percent show up, seventy percent actually show up to the dealership. And out of those, thirty percent convert to a sale. That that is a nine to ten percent conversion rate. Yeah, forty, seventy, and thirty. So forty actually set an appointment. Seventy percent keep it. Thirty percent buy. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if it's okay, guy, I mean, I think the best way to look at this is break it down. So, so if, if you, if what we see in a case study and I shared kind of average lead volume a, a little bit earlier, but if you take the same scenario, both ways, 125 leads, let's talk, say 125 leads. That means that's 25 set appointments, 13 show up and four, four units are sold. Okay. That's, if you look at that over a year, 1500 leads, it's, it's about 50 conversions. This is what we see. Now, when our, our dealers we work with, and this is why, again, why it's so critical to focus on the digital sales process. You got to believe this, is that same amount of leads, same amount of investment uh, in, to get those leads, 125 leads, 50 of them show up, <laughs> 35, I'm sorry, 50 will set an appointment, 35 show up, and 11 sales. That's a nine to ten again, nine to ten percent conversion there. That's that's a hundred and thirty-five sales a year. Yeah, I, I tell you what, a lot of people listening are like, well, I don't even have the inventory to do it right now. And that's such short-sighted thinking because uh, like like we started with, when this thing right sizes, uh you're gonna be the one, you're gonna want to be the ones that are getting the seven additional monthly. But and I want to finish my question to you with um, you guys have an internal dashboard, and on your own internal dashboard, it shows where your dealers rank with Pied Piper. And for those listening who don't know Pied Piper, they're, they're pretty much a, a, a CSI, CXI style company. Uh, Fran over there, Pied Piper, and I go way back. But they'll come in and they'll, they'll gauge the experience inside your store. And so it's been a good litmus test for many dealers through the years. So my question to you is, on your sheet, you show where your DLP dealers rank on Pied Piper. So talk us through those results and why should anybody care who's listening to the call? Pied Piper is a very important resource. And, and I say, I actually say the same exact thing you say. It's a, it's a litmus test for how dealers perform on really on everything we talked about today. Isn't that a, isn't that a great tool? Because it measures response time, quality of follow-up, you know, did we answer the customer's questions and what's the cadence look like in the first 48 hours? Now I know that doesn't gauge the, my comment to follow up forever, but this determines um, what Franz built um, as an ILE score. That's an internet lead effectiveness. All components being a part of the recipe uh, to success in that digital sales process. De- dealers must believe that that's important. I mean, they got to care about those results. The, the, the industry average ILE scores, again, built on those components, is 40%. Our dealers, they score higher than in the industry in other industries. We're able to look at that data at 88% ILE scores. It really is awesome when we get dealers sharing those with us to see really how much we can increase, you know, dealers' results. It's pretty awesome. You've, you've also dovetailed Harley results into that as well, haven't you? Where, where's Harley on that rank? Yeah, so you know, Harley is. I've got it right here. Harley is at deal. Uh, let's see, Harley average is fifty six percent. Currently, so industry right now. sits at forty percent. Harley's average is at fifty-six, and DLP clients are playing in the eighty-eight percent range. That's right. Yep. That's incredible. And, and 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 look, if you're again, it goes back to if, if this is happening internally. If you see a Pied Piper report come back, you gotta you gotta care about it. I mean, you you would agree with this. And I was listening to your podcast. So, you know, this is similar to transactional data. Dealers don't fully understand or, or believe that the opportunity exists. I mean. The opportunity exists. The, the the metrics I shared around those results around digital are 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 as important, in my opinion, are as critically important as tracking that transactional data um, inside inside the dealership. It's about your digital traffic log. 
so tell me this, Aaron, if, if we have dealers out there listening to this that are in our 20 clubs, how do they get in touch with you? How can they go ahead and get a case study started? Uh, how do they reach out? Yeah, uh, lo- love to. You, you can reach me on my cell phone. It is 239-872-2078. Or, or you actually can email me directly at it's Aaron B at dlpspeed.com. What's in, what's involved with that case study? They reach out to you. Is that something they can do uh, in a day, in an hour, uh, next week? What does that look like? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's an important part of the process. Uh, you know, we always want to be able to provide a dealer, you know, with what we call a pulse check on that current performance. Um, and so we go into your CRM, we collect all the data, we go back 12 months and we analyze, you know, those, those components I just talked about response times, you know, lead volume. And, you know, it takes, it actually takes quite a bit of work because you've, you've really got to go in there and clean and scrub the data. You've got to, you've got to deduplicate some leads and, and, um, there's just, it's, it's a process. So we go in there and, um, uh, you know, we, we find a lot of times too, a CRM, like I mentioned earlier, that tracking the data inside the CRM isn't correct. So we really want to um, get accurate data for a dealer and look at the follow-up cadence. You know, how long were they followed up with? Uh, you know, were they considered dead leads? How well were they nurtured? And, um, you know, do we actually build a relationship or are we just asking for appointments? And so by by doing that for a dealer, it's, it is, again, it's about driving more sales and opportunities into the showroom. And so, um, you know, we, we want to be able to show a dealer how, how they can maximize a higher ROI there um, f- from their efforts. So we, we, it's a, we'd love to do a case study for a dealer. They usually take about a half a day, sometimes a full day. And uh, that way we can really accurately um, provide some, from, some, some data and, and look at how uh, it, um, it compares to, to the benchmarks. Yeah, I totally get that. And that's at no cost to the dealer, right? Yep, it's free. It's free. And uh, yeah, absolutely free. And we'd love to do it. Hey, Aaron, thank you so much. Anybody out there listening, make sure you tell Aaron that you heard about this on our podcast if you did, because uh, we're super interested to make sure that we're pushing them business because we actually believe in the product and they have absolutely helped us with our digital traffic log. And we're going to we're going to continue to make that seamless. Aaron Barney, I can't thank you enough for spending, uh, you know, an hour with Sam and myself and explaining what's going on and, and really, truly solidifying what we already believe. And so uh, we wish you nothing but success. And, and thanks for your time. Hey, hey, thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been an honor. For Sam Dantzler and Aaron Barney, I'm Tony Gonzalez. This has been GarageCast episode 88. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you next week. Thanks, thanks everyone. Guys. Thank you.